Well, hello, 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 everybody. It is time for the Outpouring Fellowship Podcast. This week, we're talking with our brother from down under, Malcolm George. Yes, this is the place for Jesus lovers who question the church. So if that fits you, stick around. Find out what we're going to be talking about. We'll be perusing the New Testament today and uh, talking about spreading the gospel and the role of the ecclesia in that <laughs> endeavor. Uh, after all, it's that's the that's the ecclesia's primary primary role, isn't it? It's it's not just about us and our growth, though that does happen. It's about making sure that we are set and we're ready to actually take ground. But before we get into that, we've got a little housekeeping. You know, the usual stuff, gentlemen. You can follow us on Rumble. Rumble slash C slash OFP. You can find Caleb's shorts over on YouTube. Uh, Just search for Outpouring Ecclesia. Or is it out? Uh, yeah, outpour, uh, outpouring uh, ecclesia, uh, outpouring fellowship ecclesia. Okay, a little more complex. Anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> or you can listen to us any any old time on your favorite podcast app. Uh, you can talk to me on Telegram at Matthew seventy six. You can talk to Caleb on Instagram at Caleb Meal. You can talk to both of us at the same time if you wanted to on True Social. Um, at Outpouring Ecclesia. You can find us online. Drop us a line. You know. Uh, didn't really purposely rhyme that, but hey, it worked. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, at OutpouringEcclesia.org. You can also email either of us at either of our names at OutpouringEcclesia.org. The music in the background, as always, is Indie Folk Background by Kale Productions. Um, just so you guys are aware, there won't be traditional video for the video side of the stream today because Malcolm is in Australia and that introduces some significant lag. So it's basically just going to be a traditional podcast. <laughs> but it'll be good. Yes, as it always is. So shalom, shalom, everyone. Glad you guys can make it on uh, for those who are listening and those who are watching the recording. Uh, we, we look forward. To, uh, we always like it when we, you know, we um, that we see viewers. And we again, we encourage you guys to reach out. We want you to reach out to us. We want to build connections. We want to, you know, uh, you know, be those people to help make make disciples, be part of that calling. We want and we want you to be a part of it. If you have questions of what it means to hosting your own ecclesia, uh, by all means, reach out. You you heard Matt already of how you can reach us. So take advantage of it, please. We would love to hear from you. Again, this is all we're all in one body. We're all we should be acting like family. Um, so please, we want to hear from you. But so anyway, uh, Malcolm. Great to have you with us again. It has been like over a month now uh, that since since you were last on. So glad you were able to take the time. It is like what uh, 
close to 10 p uh, 10, no, no uh, yeah close to 10 p.m over there right exactly it's uh, officially 9 55 p.m on wednesday night so um i'm uh, half a day in front of you boys or or even more so uh look wednesday was a pretty good day in uh, over here so i hope it ends up being like that in america as well so <laughs> all good <laughs> gentlemen how are we both Oh, we're doing great. I mean, uh, it's always good to have you and uh, just to talk about God, man. Absolutely. Yeah, well, I'm, yeah. I love joining you gentlemen. So uh, we always have great chats and uh, hopefully um, the people that listen to our podcast, you know, get a lot out of it too. So yeah, we want to want to bless everyone and make everyone feel like uh, there's something of substance here that uh, we can all we can all learn from and gain from and and um, develop stronger relationships with the Lord. So that's that's the goal, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So one of the things that uh, we've been discussing, gentlemen, uh, behind the scenes is uh, ecclesia and prophecy. And um, I had a quick chat with Caleb recently who said... Uh, Malcolm, can we put together some information on um, at the Ecclesia and, and Bible prophecy? So we're going to have a look at some stuff today. Uh, it, it, it depends. You can look at from two different directions here uh, when it comes to prophecy. We can look at the uh, the information which is about what uh, our life here on earth in the flesh, and also there's the eternal side as well. So. There's a lot. There's a lot to munch into, uh, and uh, but I think the best place to start is um, just to just so that we are all on the same page. Is talk about the scripture that any of us will will remember, but it just puts in perspective what the rest the the, the rest of the information we're going to talk about. So, if we want to turn to Matthew um, Matthew chapter sixteen, I'm just going to read verse. This is 13 to 20, Matthew chapter 16, 13 to 20, just to set the foundation right, because I think biblically that's always the right way to go. So Amen. I'll start off with verse 13. Peter's declaration about Jesus is the title here in this version I've got. It says, when Jesus, uh, by the way, before I start, I'm, I'm reading from the modern English version, which is a Textus, Textus Receptus version. I think it's actually a pretty decent, easy to understand version. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, "Who do men say that I, the Son of God, the Son of Man, am?" They said, "Some say that you are John the Baptist; others say Elijah; and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets." And he said to them, "But who do you say that I am?" Simon Peter replied, "You are the Christ, the Son of the Living God." Jesus answered him. Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock, and when it's talking about this rock, just to be clear, it's talking about this revelation that Jesus is the Christ, I will build my, in the Greek, ecclesia, in the English, virtually every version says church. So we're talking about ecclesia, but and on this rock I will build my ecclesia, Greek word, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. We'll come back to that. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. 
Then he commanded his disciples to tell no one that he was Jesus the Christ or Yeshua HaMashiach. Now, uh, it's very, very interesting just on this scripture here that he says he will build his ecclesia. And I just want to make the difference, just for those who, who may not be aware or, or who need refreshing, the difference between ecclesia and church is if you look at the Greek word ecclesia, it was a gathering of people to do uh, a ruling work, such as a parliament. It would be like a parliament coming together and making legislation to rule over the people. And so the, what Jesus is actually saying here is, I want my people, the body of Christ, to come together to rule and reign uh, with me, seated with Christ in heavenly places, far above all principality, and to bind evil on the earth, such as, um, you know, fentanyl, such as drug taking, such as prostitution, such as pornography, such as... Um, anything or anything which is a vice which is hot, uh, keeping people away from relationship with the lord jesus christ he wants us to do business spiritually with the lord by being in a, uh, by being in a position of power or, or operating in the kingdom of god here on earth to make it like it is in heaven and what he's talking about is not having you know all the amazing beauty of heaven he's talking about operating in the spirit, spiritual realm to uh, bind the evil forces that are here on earth and to loose um, God's power here on the earth, which can include things such as healing and miracles, but can also include bringing back to uh, our local area, our local region, um, righteousness, you know, so that, you know, and, and if, there are, if there are people that are homeless, we, we, we you know, Offer uh, if, if people can you know are in a position to offer them uh, a place to stay. If people uh, don't have any food or water, to to maybe give them some food and water. So there are basic obvious things like that to um, give people shelter, to give people clothing, to give people uh, food and water as they need. But then there's also the spiritual side of to bind the evil works that are going on on the earth because we are seated with Christ in heavenly places far above all principality and power and when it says that jesus took the keys of death and hell it means he's now got all authority over it so that when we operate in his authority we operate in his authority over the power of the enemy because greater is he jesus in us than he the spirit the evil spirits in the world and that's i think the key point is trying to get here whereas mm. when people about church they think about going along and sitting in a pew or sitting in a chair and listening to a preacher and listening to or, or they might also get involved in some worship and get feeling the feeling the presence of the lord um but generally speaking it's it's about being an observer whereas ecclesia is about being involved it's like to use a sporting analogy it's getting out of the grandstand and getting on the park and playing the game so i think that's uh, a key point i wanted to start the foundation I want to start with. Did you guys uh, want to add anything to that, Caleb or Matt? Yeah, just to uh, clarify it with, um, with those who are listening, you may be hearing verses that we've already talked about. Well, it's important that we review these also for like new people who are entering into the, the stream or just listening to the recordings for the first time. 
uh, that they can just uh, get an idea of what it is that what we uh, set our foundation on. First, uh, first and foremost, we set our foundation on the word. But our foundation is pretty much what just Matt, um, uh, Malcolm, what he read uh, concerning about what um, Jesus said upon this rock that I will build my ecclesia. So for those who probably have heard this so many times, this is really just for people who are now and new people who are entering in and listening to the recordings. So um, uh, it's a lot. It's just a lot. Some things we just review that we've already discussed. But it's important for those who are new that they hear this. Um, and I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go. The go, important go for thing it. about the location where this exchange happened is that there were major pagan demonic sites mm -hmm. right near where they were walking. There was there's literally a place near Caesarea Philippi even today called the Gates of Hades. And they would mm -hmm. literally sacrifice children there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And really think about it. Even just the sight of those probably was like the uh, temples dedicated to these deities or the hate, the whole, the big hole in the wall that was, that they called Hades. Um, it was all, all looked intimidating, all looked powerful to the human eyes, but Again, with the verse that greater is he that is in me, greater is the Messiah, the king, who resides in me, than he uh, that is in the world, the demonic spirits that reside in those temples that you call powerful, where God can, you know, uh, bring down like he did the wall of Jericho. Amen. Amen. So with that foundation, just so everyone is on the same page who's listening to this podcast, uh, let's talk a bit about prophecy and the type of prophecy we're going to talk about is Bible prophecy and to be more specific again we're going to talk a little bit about what Jesus spoke about would happen in the end times with the foundation of us being part of the Ecclesia the kingdom of God bringing the kingdom of God from heaven to earth or living in it and operating in it in the heavenly realm but while we're physically here on earth so mm -hmm. in Matthew chapter 24 I'm going to read a few verses uh, from verse 3 to 14 because I think this gives context the key verse I want to talk about is, is verse 14 but um, one of the issues that some people may have is if you just mention one verse, I say, yeah, but what about, what about the context? So I'm going to give the context around it so that it makes more sense. So Matthew 24, uh, chapter 24, verse 3 to 14, uh, it's titled Troubles and Persecutions. As he, Jesus, sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us when all these things will be. When will these things be, sorry, and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And he's, when he says the end of the age, it's talking about this current age. Some people call it the age of grace. Some people call it the church age or the ecclesia age. But that's what he's talking about. Jesus answered, take heed that no one deceives you. And many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will deceive many. There will be many false Christs. You will hear of wars and rumors wars going on in the uh, Middle East and uh, going on in, in Eastern Europe right now. See that you are not troubled, for all these things must happen, but the end is not yet. A nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There'll be famines, epidemics and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then they will hand you, that's the born-again Christians, 
uh, people who follow the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, and then they'll hand you over to be persecuted and will kill you. And you'll be hated by all nations for my name's sake. Then many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. I see a lot of that going on in the world today. And many false prophets will rise and will deceive many. Because iniquity will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. And this gospel, and this is the key verse, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached throughout the world as a testimony to all nations and then the end will come. I'll, I'll add, then the end of this age will come because then it's going to be followed by a tri seven-year tribulation period followed by a thousand-year millennial reign of Jesus Christ on earth as King of Kings and Lord of Lords from Jerusalem. So up until then, uh, this gospel of the kingdom, what I was talking about in the previous uh, Matthew 16, is what is going to be preached throughout the whole world. Now, it's interesting, you talk about those, if you talk about those accompanying signs that we mentioned, all those other things are happening right now. Wars, rumours of wars, we've had, a, uh, we've had the whole COVID, I would call it a scam, but people, some people would call it an epidemic. Uh, we've had the amount of earthquakes and volcanoes that are actually, uh, you know, that have been going off in recent times has just been um, exponentially growing. Uh, you know, there's many people in, in uh, different parts of the world that, that have experienced famines and, uh, you know, poverty and not having enough food to eat. So they, you can see that surrounding this, that, that all those things have been happening. And this the gospel is getting preached both through many different forms. So one includes missionaries, one includes through the internet, through many, uh, especially through many of the... Uh, well-known um, ministers of the gospel that, are, that go on satellite, uh, TV, radio, internet. Uh, and there's also what I call the underground ecclesia or underground church, especially in places like Iran, China, and other places where the gospel is frowned upon at best or in some cases uh, they will murder you if they find out Hey, pause real quick, Malcolm. I think we're having a little uh, interference. Matt, can you hear him? Not well. Um, yeah, uh, Malcolm, are, are you close to the microphone? Uh, is that any better? Oh, yeah, that's much better. Much better. Yeah, here we go. Okay. Oh, okay. I do apologize. Um, maybe kind of back hey, where up Where do you want bit. me to go back to? I, Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Go back, go back to, uh, you know, maybe just kind of start over what you were trying to explain. Okay, from Matthew 24. Did you hear yep. clearly what I said about Matthew, uh, reading Matthew 24? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, heard you read it. Uh, okay. But after that, it kind of got a little rough. <laughs> okay, cool. No, that's fine. Okay, well, let's just, let's go from there. So the key verse that I was saying was, the gospel, and this gospel of the kingdom we will preach throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. And when you look at all the other uh, events that have been happening in our time, in our lifetime, uh, especially in the last few years, there's been epidemics, there's been uh, especially earthquakes, and as well as volcanoes that have been going off uh, even in uh, exponentially and in some case massive ones 
In some cases, they've even created tsunamis. There've been famines, uh, in, and there have been. And look, we've even got these two wars that have been in the media recently with um, Israel and Hamas, and then you've got uh, the situation with uh, Ukraine and Russia. And there are also other skirmishes going on in the world as we speak as well. So uh, these events are happening, and it is the end times, uh, which means it is close to the time when the Lord Jesus will return. None of us know the day or the hour, but I think it's fair to say that we're in that season, that time frame, which is pretty close. And um, the key verse I was going, that I want to talk about is the fact that this gospel of the kingdom will be preached to the end of the world, to to, to the end, uh, to, to all nations. They'll be, be preached to everyone. They'll, no one will be without excuse. And um, right now, right now, this uh, this gospel has been preached through many different means. So, such as the internet, uh, radio, television, satellite. Uh, satellite TV, even in places where the gospel um, is not permitted, such as Iran and I think China, uh, uh, all through Israel and, and, and the Middle East, uh, nations that uh, are mainly Muslim or Jewish or uh, even other nations such as China, which is mainly a godless nation, and Japan, yet those nations can access uh, the message of the gospel through all these different um uh, mediums, if uh, I hate that word, through all these different uh, media, if you like. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, uh, and also what I was saying before was that in places like Iran and China, the message of the gospel has been spreading extremely powerfully and extremely quickly through what are called the underground ecclesia or the underground church, which means that it's uh, because it's because the persecution level is so high historically it always means that the message of the gospel goes faster and quicker and, and, grow, and people uh, really respect their faith when it's when it's um, allowed when you're allowed to be a christian and you can just, you know people seem to just get more lazy in general uh, not in every single case there are still many powerful and um, dedicated christians in in western countries but but I would say that the percentage-wise is much higher in these places like Iran and China, where literally their life could be on the line if uh, if, if the authorities find out that, they're, that they've given their heart to Christ and their life to Christ. So, um, so this gospel is being preached, uh, you know, underground and it's spreading like wildfire, especially in places like Iran and China. And then there's also all these other mediums that I've talked about. So that's exciting. This shows you that things are happening. We are living in the times that Jesus spoke about would be would be called the last days. And you know, um, I'm of the view that not only is, is the return of Jesus nigh or near, but um, the opportunities for us to get involved in, in God in in the end time harvest or for us to get involved in winning the lost or, or, to, or to preach the message of the gospel is now uh, more open and available to everyone. Now, I'll, I'll use this podcast as an example of us trying to reach the lost, showing people uh, to, 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 to demonstrate to people the word of God, to demonstrate how um, we can all play a part in reaching people who don't know Jesus. So, um, uh, 
and we want to encourage people that uh, you can be involved, whether it's uh, being having your own ecclesia, whether it's going along to a to some sort of home group, whether it's um, going and praying for the sick, whether it's uh, doing simple simple things such as you know feeding those who are hungry, uh, giving water to those who need it, uh, you know giving shelter to those who need it, clothing those who need it. So you know, there's so many different things that you can do, as well as being involved in prayer. Where you're actively, <clears throat> where you're actively coming against the powers of darkness. For the Bible says, "For we wrestle, uh, we, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in higher places." But the Lord Jesus Christ, who is who is the greatest authority in heaven and earth, is in us and with us, and therefore we can have power to take down the strongholds of the enemy and. and and lead people to Christ and and, and have an incredible impact uh, in our in our areas. You want to add anything to that, uh, Caleb or Matt? Well, I think uh, another aspect of what Ecclesia brings to the table that most churches just can't is an emphasis on discernment. You you saw in that passage where. Uh, Jesus warned that there would be many false prophets. How do we know if somebody's a false prophet or not? If, we, if we're not able to discern. So, what is discernment? Let, let's, let's break that down for a minute. Right? <clears throat> uh, so, discernment is the ability to... It will, it's a portion of what wisdom is. It's understanding patterns and being able to go, okay, that's right, that ain't. That's an alignment, that isn't. And to, dare I say, discriminate. Uh-oh, bad word, right? Uh, <laughs> but point being that the church tends to live in well don't taste don't touch don't don't look at it you know oh no evil bad but they don't really explain why or how to see if something is necessarily evil mm. they just say x is evil okay but we're called to not just be dependent on a leader right other than Jesus, other than right. the Holy Spirit. And most most pastors, in, in my experience, um, tend to be rather burned out and may not have the, the ability to be as... Well, they may not be growing themselves, so how can they help you grow? Right, right. They're so preoccupied with what, um, how to help the church, even though, you know, and I know pastors that have big hearts, but their focus is so mainly on church, and then they don't even have time for themselves. Uh, or their families. This, with their families. And then before you know it, there's problems in the marriage. There's problems with the, the bonding with their kids. 
uh, and, and then again, their alone time with God. Um, this is why it's called the body, and this is why Jesus is the head, because the head thinks of all things, knows all things. Jesus knows all things. He's now back with you know with with his father sitting on the right hand side, and has bestowed authority upon his people by by pouring down the Holy Spirit that he promised his disciples that a Helper will come. It's that it's good that I go to my Father so that I can send the Helper, so that I am with you always, everybody, no matter what location, and 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 so that and and therefore the head can guide the body. Well, there's many different parts of the body that have different functions. Every everybody functions. Everything functions. Not just one function. All functions. The eyes. The ears. The uh, the, the 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 chest. The the feet. The hands. The pinky toe. I mean, it's just it's all. Everything is functioning. Not just one function. And that's what we're trying to. We'll, we'll, we will remember what Jesus said that everyone has a part to play. Everyone, so that we can all help each other. We we're even supposed to inspire more leaders who have that that have have that gift of leadership, that walk in the uh, the uh, the apostleship, the walk in the prophet, that walk in the evangelist, that walk as the teacher and walk as the shepherd. Um, so we're all supposed to be encouraging that and teaching them how to sp you know, spread, not keep it in one area to spread. That's the key. And you know, actually, yeah, I, I absolutely. <laughs> okay, Matt. I mean, that's why. And if you guys have been listening for any amount of time, more than just today, you know that that's why we feel like ecclesia with the small group emphasis is so crucial for where where the world is going. Because it's clear that the megachurch, I mean, it has its place, but it's not able to be nimble. It can't turn on a dime. Whereas an ecclesia with, you know, up to maybe 12 people tops can, if the spirit moves them, drop what they're doing and go do something else. Because there's not this giant amount of you know bureaucracy and mm. programs right that undergird how these larger bodies function really are how these larger bodies function um, and that's why at least for those who do actually serve and thank you for serving by the way but for those of you who serve, you know from personal experience that it can get really, it can be a slog. It can be really rough because there are only what, like 10% of people that actually do like 80% of the stuff. Mm. Ecclesia doesn't let you sit on the bench. Amen. So get out and play. To use the, the, the sports metaphor that Malcolm mentioned earlier uh, reminds me of John Wimber. <laughs> mm -hmm. Everybody gets to play. It's not just the pastors. It's not just right. the lay pastors. It's not just the coaches. 
Exactly. The coaches want to lead the players to figure out, okay, what's their function? Mm-hmm. So. Absolutely. I, I want to make a point about what, what Kyla said as well. Um, you know, if you look at most churches today, most of them have a senior pastor. Many of them also have what we call assistant pastors. Mm-hmm. But then you may ask the obvious Okay, let's go back. If we want to go back to the Bible, which is our, um, you know, uh, our manual, our, you know, what we're supposed to live by, it's it says he gave uh, in Ephesians four eleven that he, being Jesus, gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, and it also talks about in the scripture that the fa- the foundation stone is actually a part is Jesus Christ. But uh, over that, it's the apostles and prophets. And there's very few apostles and prophets in, in, in um, churches today. I'm not saying there's none. Please don't misunderstand what I'm saying here. I'm saying genuine, true apostles and prophets that are truly, uh, are truly giving their heart to Christ, that are truly living for him, Jesus, not for themselves. And I think there's many of them. You know, even many of the pastors today what I call um, false teachers. There's plenty of false teachers and false prophets out there. But oh man, I mean, but, but one, one of the one of the apostles prophets is hard. Like the, yeah, the senior pastor of the mega church that I used to belong to uh, would regularly get up and say, "I'm not a pastor." From the pulpit. <laughs> because he he saw himself more as an evangelist or an apostle. And he was not into uh, the shepherding care end of things. That wasn't his gift. And that's something that's necessary if you're going to be, if you're going to step into the office, into the role of pastor. That's what makes you a pastor is caring for the flock mm-hmm. not just getting up and giving a sermon and remember for those who and those that and for those who need to remember a pastor is a shepherd a she, it's been the word has been translated but it's really the original word is shepherd mm-hmm. he's a shepherd tends the flock make sure everything is in order making sure uh every uh, and they no, no one's you know going astray if they're if they're dealing with issues they attend to it um, I, you know, if they, if a bat, if a load needs to come off, uh, that they can pitch in and help, help out in anything they need. It's more than just being in charge of a big group of people in a built and, and a building having an office. There's more to it than that. And again, there are pastors there. I'm sure there are pastors out there that just have a heart of gold that are just there for his people. There are, I'm sure, I know there are. Um, but again, when we tend when they tend to focus too much on the finances of the building, then that becomes more of a priority than the people. It just, it just, it just, it's that trap that we tend to fall in because you know we need to pay bills. Yeah, it's too easy. Absolutely. So um, <clears throat> now, I just want to raise another point. That I think is really. Uh, important uh, in, in, in this discussion is that um, in, in first uh, 
Uh, real quick, Malcolm. Real, real quick, Malcolm. You're kind of, you are kind of breaking up a bit. Are you uh, using another uh, link? I just had to rejoin because it uh, me out for a moment. Can you hear me or not? It was it was kind of choppy. Um, I'm gonna see if I can get choppy? rid of the other. Yeah, like it would it was kind of in and out. Um, okay. No. Okay, track's I mean, talking now, man. Okay. He that should be better. Can you hear me? Yep. Yes. Go right ahead, man. Okay, cool. So <clears throat> one of the other aspects other than the um what they call the Ascension Gifts, which is the Apostle Prophet, Pastor, Evangelist, Teacher that uh, Jesus gave for the edification of the body is also uh, the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and, and look, it, not only did, did uh, the Lord give us the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit, he also, uh, he also discusses the nine fruit of the Holy Spirit in Galatians chapter 5. So just to balance the bird, if you like, uh, yeah, there's two wings to this bird. There's the gift side and there's the fruit side, and you, you, need, you need both. Uh, but I want to talk about this because this is, I believe, very powerful. That um, what's been happening in the last 500 years is different waves of the Holy Spirit bringing back truth to the body of Christ. So, as an example, the first one was uh, when Martin Luther put his 95 point thesis on the Wittenberg door uh, of the church of the uh, German church to uh, talk about his thesis, which was that we are saved by faith alone in Jesus Christ, by faith. We are saved by faith in, uh, uh, in Jesus Christ, by his grace alone, not by our good works. Our good, any good works that we do, we'll get a reward for, but our salvation is totally based upon shed blood of Jesus on the cross and our faith in, in, in him, what he's done, because we can't take any of the credit. Jesus did it all. Mm. Now, and then you had uh, the uh, the Wesley brothers. John Wesley's well known, and he had like the holiness movement. And then you've had you've had other movements. You like about uh, the early 1900s, or uh, there was a restoration of the nine gifts of the spirit. Not that they ever went away totally, but. Um, there's, so, there's such a huge amount of people uh, uh, started speaking in tongues and operating in the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit because um, most pe to most people, for most generations, it had been lost or it, or it wasn't ha happening much. So about 100 odd years ago, that's really come back. And, um, you know, I've, I've heard other ministers talk about other, other subjects. Uh, such as biblical cosmology. Another one is is justice, biblical justice, because if you look at what's going on politically right now, what's going on politically is all of this injustice and people cheating in elections and, and uh, evil laws being passed in many cases, but the Holy Spirit is still moving. But when it comes to the, to the, to the gifts, God wants us to be operating in them or to be to, to be putting our faith into action. So I'm just going to read uh, a, a portion of uh, 
First Corinthians chapter twelve and mm-hmm. see if I can get you boys to and get involved in this as well. But before, you go. We, <clears throat> before we get into that, uh, I think the way Paul addresses this, this is not an exhaustive list. These are just some. <laughs> yeah, I remember. Like, That's a good point. There's, there's good, so just, much yeah. more. So much. Absolutely. More. Absolutely. It because uh, again with like with God. There's more to there's more to it. It's not it's he he gives you what again he gives us what we can handle he gives us an idea, and then and then but it gives you that imagination. Okay, what, what goes deeper into prophecy? What goes deeper into discerning and much more. So I, I absolutely agree. Yeah, go for it, Malcolm. Well, I want to add to that as well because I agree with you both. Is uh, Jesus said that the Holy Spirit will lead you into all truth Mm. so uh you know the the word of god the bible is the revealed truth to us but sometimes the holy spirit will give you what we call a rhema word or he will you know make something you know really clear to you uh and uh, you know as an example dreams and visions he might give you a vision of something or he might give you a dream about something and lead you into something that is for his glory for his purposes it might be saving the lost. It might be, um, might even be an invention that can help people. So there's, there's lots of different things that the Lord will do. And further to your point, in Romans chapter 12, I'll read that uh, a portion of that as well. It also talks about some other aspects that the Lord, um, you know, uh, gives as well. So, so there's some more there. But it, although it's different, it, it adds to this conversation. So, but in, in um, 1 Corinthians 12, it says. Starting verse 1. Now, concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant. He wants us to be awake and he wants us to be, to, to, to be aware. You know that you know that you were Gentiles, carried away to these dumb idols. I'll give you an example of a dumb idol, Buddha. You know, uh, just just in recently when when uh, Israel was invaded at that party they had, there was a big idol of Buddha. But anyway, I just want to make the point that they're dumb idols. However, you were led, therefore I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus be cursed. And no one can say Jesus is the Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are various gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. There are various operations but it is the same God who operates all of them in all people. Verse 7, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to everyone for the common good. Now, you know, just, just another example, before I even get into these, is sometimes, you know, you're in a, uh, 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 an ecclesia or a church, and you can feel like, like the Holy Spirit's moving like a river, or like, like, or like a wind, or like a, like a fire. Or like different aspects, and because different, there's different aspects of God, and God is doing different things in different locations, different places. But so, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to everyone for the common good, no matter what it is the Holy Spirit is doing. Uh, so I just added that last week. No matter what the Holy Spirit is doing. And with the yeah, one aspect thing, yeah, go for a minute. With the different aspects so thing, if we take Revelation, that portion of Revelation, seriously, there are seven spirits of God. Yeah, not just with one. one God. <laughs> well, we can well, go one into that God, as well. yeah, with, yeah, with his uh, spirits. Um, 
and we're probably bring, uh, beating you to the punch, Malcolm. But the, and remember, the seven spirits are yeah. And you think what? Yeah, it's in Revelation, and it's also in Isaiah. And we and you probably heard us mention this before. The spirit of the Lord, which even Jesus said that when he read it from the scriptures and back in Nazareth, he was confirming of who he was. But the spirit of the Lord is one. This the yeah the spirit of the Lord. Then there's the might, the counsel, the fear, or in other words, radiant radiance, um, reverence. Excuse me, reverence, um, and uh, the 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 knowledge of the Lord. And then the, the wisdom of the Lord. And then the revelation, or in other words, uh, understanding of the Lord. Seven spirits. And they're all one. All him. It's not the God of wisdom, the God of revelation, the God of this, the God of that. No. It's one God. Though sometimes you'll hear us talk about it that way. It's, it's not that we're well, getting into uh, polytheism here, guys. No. It's just sometimes it's easier to talk about how it is that we're sensing him move in a particular way. Right. Anyway. So Caleb, I just I, I just I just, I just yeah. wanted to uh, add to that both Caleb and Matt about uh, what you said about the seven spirits. If you can just get a picture in your mind of a seven uh, candlestick menorah. Yeah. Um, the, a menorah is a perfect picture of the seven spirits of God because each Absolutely. flame represents one of the seven spirits of the Lord. So I was just looking it up again just to get it uh, fresh in my mind. The spirit of the Lord, the spirit of wisdom, understanding, counsel, might, knowledge, and the fear of the Lord. So those seven different flames when a menorah is burning uh, you know got the candles burning represent the seven spirits of god so that's uh that's a beautiful picture uh to to remember like and and, and, yet, and guys and guys remember those who are listening oh you're probably thinking oh but that's jewish guys remember when mount moses went up to the mountain god showed moses what to make for that particular for that tabernacle so the lord may dwell amongst his people and one of those things that god, that god showed moses was the menorah everything that god showed moses to build are residing in heaven right now because the, all the things that reside in heaven are of the father they're him they're 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 uh, um they all re are, are of him so he wants all the that imagery in the, uh all for the people of israel to know that this is of me i'm giving to you as a reminder what to look on what to remember and the menorah is one of them. the menorah is the represents also the the tree of life the tree of of god the the, the tree that we should have been um of a nutrient from been take you know taking fruit from um because it's of him so the, the menorah yeah i absolutely malcolm it's just it 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 just shows you again. God doesn't miss everything, and he doesn't miss anything. The tree is just a perfect uh, picture of those spirits uh, that that represent Him. Absolutely. Yeah, you, know, you could even potentially take it further and say that the table of shoe bread, which is another piece of furniture in 
in the temple slash tabernacle. They had the tabernacle first, and they had Solomon's temple, and then later they had the temple that uh, they call it Herod's temple, but it was really uh, started by Nehemiah and Ezra. But anyway, um, the table of shoe bread, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. And there's 12 pieces of bread or, or, or 12 loaves of bread that are in there, which also represent the 12 tribes of Israel. Right. So you can say in one sense that represents Jesus Christ. And the altar, golden altar, one sense could represent God the Father because it's all our prayers of incense going to the Lord, going to God. Uh, so anyway, look, it's just a thought. Obviously, there in the, uh, in the Holy of Holies, you've got the uh, mercy seat. Um, and uh, as you see in the Ark of the Covenant, which, uh, you know, and some people might say that represents that uh, God as well. So, anyway, I don't want to get that whole really. Although, uh, and, just, and, just, and just pause you there, Malcolm, just real quick. I uh, just let also remind you, you are again going, uh, fading out and then in. Um, just, just let you, uh, uh, let you know that. I'm, I'm not sure if it's uh, something you can fix, but just letting you know. Okay, I I have been holding my phone right next to my mouth, so uh, I'm sorry if it's uh, not as clear as we would like. Uh, anything that you that I that I you didn't hear that I should repeat? Or uh, no, 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 I think we, I think we did hear majority of what you were saying, but I'm just letting, giving you a heads up. Mm-hmm. No, I appreciate it. Yeah. So if table of shoe bread, think of Jesus. The seven branch menorah. Think of the Holy Spirit, uh, which is also known as a seven-branched candlestick. And then you've got the golden altar, which some people think might represent the Father, given that it's, um, you know, the, the incense going up to God, which is a sweet-smelling aroma. Anyway, what I wanted to go back to was First Corinthians chapter 12 and, and Romans 12. But was this going back to First uh, Corinthians 12 uh, up to from verse 7? But the manifestation of the Spirit... Is given to everyone for the common good. For one is given by the Spirit, word of wisdom, that's one, another the word of knowledge, two, by the same Spirit, number three, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another descending of spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. But that one and very same spirit works all these things dividing to each one individually as he god wills as he will so uh we can we can break that down further did you want to well um yeah let's let's go back to seven because it these gifts these and even the fruit. And let's, wait a minute. How is it that all of this can come from one God? Well, when we say that God is ultimately simple, right? So how are all of these manifestations coming out of God? These, it's how he communicates with his friends. It's how he communicates with his children. Wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, miracles, prophecy, discerning of spirits, tongues, interpretation, 
etc. Like there, and there's so many, so many more than just these nine. This is just a slice. <laughs> and the reason that Paul felt like he had to lay this out was because the Corinthians, the Corinthians were deep guys. Like they were, they were out there. Okay. But the problem was that there was no order. They didn't, they weren't operating in love. And that's the thing that unifies all of this. It's love. And, you know, we've, we've talked about this recently. Haven't we, Caleb? <laughs> yeah, we did. We, uh, for those who were listening, we are, the, what is the key of just, you know, walking in ecclesia really developing and ministering? It's all goes back to love. What Jesus had for us and what God had for us to just to prepare uh, a lamb for that that lamb would take our place and for what uh, and for what um, Jesus had in mind when he was on here uh, here of course preparing for the crucifixion and but also preparing what came after that but also to prepare us of you know preparing our mindset was trying to change our mindset of how we thought we should live and then no this is how the way my father wants you to live. I want you to think in this way uh, and show a deeper meaning of Torah and, and the prophets because a lot of people were just following the letter of the law. But they, God was trying to also say, even though, yeah, the law was needed to be there and it is good. But again, the law, it, it, it could not save you from the ultimate death. You needed someone to replace you from the final judgment. And so that was all part of it. And it all started with love. And again, goes back with this, with these gifts. The whole point of these gifts is so that we can help each other, build one another, um, but uh, as well as you know, uh, reaching the lost and showing you know God's power to the lost, showing and and with God's power pouring upon the on the lost is it's all with that power, with that healing, with the miracles, with the wisdom. It all comes from love. He's communicating what Matt was saying. He is communicating that love. Amen. Amen. And further to that, Caleb, if you look at uh, in, in Romans 12, uh, it says, uh, Romans 12, 3 to verse 8, it says, For I say through the grace given to me, to everyone among you, not to think of himself more, more highly than he ought to think, but to think of his sound judgment, According to, me, to the measure of faith God has distributed to every man, for just as we have many parts in one body, and not all parts have the same function, so we, being many, are one body in Christ, and all are parts of one another. We have diverse gifts according to the grace that is given to us. If pro prophecy, according to the proportion of faith, if service in serving, he who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with generosity, he who rules with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. So um, let love be without hypocrisy. Hate what is evil and cleave to what is good. To be, be devoted to one another with brotherly love, prefer one another in honour. Do not be lazy in diligence, be fervent in spirit, serve the Lord, rejoice in hope, be patient in suffering, persevere in prayer, contribute to the needs of the saints, practice hospitality. So you can see there's a whole stack of different functions in the body of Christ. It's not just the nine gifts of the spirit. Um, you know, there's service, there is administration, there is there is teaching, there is, you know, uh, an exhortation means to give someone an encouraging word, to lift them up if they're feeling down, um, you know, 
and and the Lord wants us to, you know, understand the circumstances uh, that someone's in, and to be able to, um, you know, meet that need. Uh, and it, it doesn't have to be financial. It can be uh, just a, an encouraging word. It could be that you need to pray for something, that they need prayer uh, for the Holy Spirit to move in their life or to, to break a stronghold. Or it might be because they they need healing in their body or healing in their heart or mind. So, you know, there's so many different ways that, that the Holy Spirit can move. And, um, you know, I think we need to be adaptable and we need to uh, understand that, um, God wants to use us in all these different ways uh, as he gives us and, and, and as, we're, uh, as we're moved by his Holy Spirit because, you know, he loves to touch those that are lost, but he also loves to disciple those that are his children and anyone who calls the Lord Jesus Christ the Lord and, the, the Lord and Savior of their life is, is a child of the Most High God. And um, all of these gifts as... Uh, uh, Caleb and Matt were saying are gifts of service so they're to serve other people in the body of Christ and it's interesting if you go back to the words of Jesus in the Gospels one of the key things he said is if you want to get promoted in the kingdom of God become the servant of all you know and the way up in the kingdom of God is to go is to, is to go down I mean Jesus went down to the point where he was literally washing the feet of the 12 disciples showing true humility showing listen this is it's not about who is the greatest uh, you might remember the story about the the, the, the sons of thunder um <laughs> james and John. The, the mother said oh i want my two sons to sit next to you on your throne you know uh and and, and there was another time where they, they were talking about who is the greatest it's like no that's that's uh that's how we think but uh, jesus thinks about okay who is the one that is willing to humble themselves and, and do what I tell them to do. They are the greatest, the one who is willing to serve, those who are, are willing to empty themselves of of the flesh, of their selfishness, if you like, and, and, and operate for, for the glory of God and, and, and to see someone healed if they need healing or, this, or, or encouraged or whatever it is that the Lord needs to do for that person. You want to add to that, Matt or Caleb? I think you kind of covered it. I mean, it's the the truth is the the thing that should most define us as followers of Jesus, whether you want to use the label Christian or not, <laughs> is is that we should be operating in love. That's that's the defining characteristic. But what is it? First uh, John. And even, even Jesus said it. He's like, "Look, guys, they'll know who they'll know your mind because you love each other." That has sadly fallen by the wayside in many in many quarters of the body of Christ uh, because we have allowed ourselves to become more concerned with our own tribes right with our own tribes versus uh, making sure that all all are taken care of 
And what that looks like is, I mean, it's going to be different across the board. But it's like Paul, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13. If I, you know, if I speak with the tongue, the, the tongue of men and angels, but I have not love, what good am I? If I have all this great insight, wisdom, revelation, but I'm not serving, then what good is it? And the church had since Luther, and I mean, there were, there were divisions before Luther. You want to, you want to look at what has resulted in Rome versus, uh, yeah, right, sure. Orthodoxy of the various stripes. Yeah. And it's. It's heartbreaking because people get so caught up in the minutiae that they lose, well, they lose sight of the forest for the trees. And we get so territorial about our understanding. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, guys. Um, I thought in Proverbs 3 we were supposed to not lean on our own understanding. Huh. Okay. If that's the case, if that's the case, then let's rewind the clock, and that's why we're that's why we're talking about Ecclesia. That's the part of the point, is so that we can go back to basics. Not ignore the lessons of the past. Because there I mean there are amazing things that were sort of hammered out by these giants in the faith. Whether you want to take the you know, religion side of things seriously or not. And, you know, I, for one, I'm not terribly keen on that. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, uh, it, it, it just shows you how that yeah, when it comes when we too, rely too much on our own understanding, and then and we don't and then we don't take that understanding to the Father, then we're going to be going and look, look, and we're just going to remain in the mess that we're in right now. Too many divisions, too much judgment, judging on one another. Um, and yeah, it, it's and not that it, not that there is a place to judge in the sense that we are called to discern. It goes, it goes back to discerning, bearing fruit, and to you know judge one another in the in the body in the sense that okay something's not right something's not right but again not in judging and hating but addressing something mm-hmm. and if people in take love. but if people in love but if people take offense that they're going to take offense no matter what you say so it's all so you just got to be with the with the holy spirit's help be as loving as possible but again, not to be afraid to address it. And again, I can't. And really, I I can't say I can talk about that my, myself because uh, I'm still learning on that. And no one likes to address these things. I don't. I don't like to address, you know, uh, and especially bring some kind of conflict or what or, or whatever. No one likes to. But again, I know it needs to be done. Um, but 
yeah, it, it just goes back to, okay, well, how do we do things in love? So that's what we need to learn from. And put Jesus back as the head of what issues that we have, bring it to his throne room. If we need to really, if we need to take this certain situation seriously, this issue, whatever, whatever the issue is discussed, then let's pray and fast about it. And the Lord will give us answers. So it, just, it goes back to bringing our opinions, our understandings back to the head so that he can guide us in every step to avoid the division through the conflict, bring unity. Absolutely. Okay. Caleb, can I just make a point about this, which is might sound contrary, but hear me out for a second. Jesus said, I came to bring division in the family. Uh, mm. I'm paraphrasing. I'm not, quote, I'm not quoting. Yeah. This. It said, Mother against yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, he says that um, that uh, some of you they they got came to bring peace. I didn't come to bring peace, but a sword. I'm mm -hmm. so. No, and we keep going. We definitely hear you there, Malcolm. Like it, the but the division that Jesus came to bring was cutting us away from that dead religion. Yes, and I also th I agree with that. You're 100% correct. And and further to that point, I also think that he came to bring... Uh, he wants the Holy Spirit to be operating in each of us to the point where if the Holy Spirit tells us to do something, even if it means there's going to be division, but the truth is coming out. I'll give you an example. This is the best way to describe it. Imagine if a daughter gets saved and the, and no, no one else in the family believes in Jesus. Should she share her faith with the family, even though she thinks that she'll be persecuted as a result of it? Or should she shut her mouth just to keep the peace and so there's no division? Right, this is right. an example. This is an example where the Holy Spirit says, no, Jesus said, if you love me, uh, sorry, if you love your parents or you love your brother or sister more than me, you're not worthy of me. So this right. is where we have to obey God, even mm -hmm. to the point where if it means that someone won't love us or won't uh, want anything to do with us, but we've been obedient to the Holy Spirit to, and to Jesus, then that's what it may take. Now, it may I'm not saying it will take that necessarily, but there's plenty of examples where people get offended at the message of the gospel or they get offended that a friend or a family member has got saved and have and have woken up yes, but the bible that the message of the gospel is offensive to those who are unbelievers if they haven't yet got saved to, to many of them you know the apostle paul would go into all these different places when he preached the gospel two thousand odd years ago and you know in some cases he, you know he would be uh um shipwrecked in other cases he would be beaten to, to, to a frazzle uh you know so many horrific things happened but he was obedient to the lord and um you know when he cast that demon out of that girl that was following him even telling the whole lord, oh this man you know brings the message of salvation um uh, but he knew that the spirit that was in her was evil and and probably trying to deceive people in some way, shape or form. And so he had to get rid of it. And that caused division. I'm just making the point that um, the number one thing is to follow the Lord Jesus Christ and display the love of Christ so much that we are willing to 
die to ourselves and spread the message of the gospel, even if that means someone doesn't love us anymore or doesn't like us anymore or doesn't agree with us or doesn't want to be our friend or doesn't want to have anything to do with us. We, 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 we have to put Jesus number one. I think that's the key point I'm trying to make out of that. I'm not trying to say that I don't believe God wants us to be divided, but what I'm saying is we have to put Jesus first and everything else comes second. I think that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because, yeah, even with the truth coming out, and, yeah, there will, there is going to be a form of division in it, um, when it comes to because of that, it's that spirit behind. Uh, that's where hopefully that we, when it comes to division, we know that uh, people who see the truth will fall and those who will not, that don't want to see it, it's all about dividing the, the rams from the goats. But we're talking about, we were just talking about in the sense of, you know, so many divisions in the, like, the denomination and such that we, we, we need to get to that point where we need to, all of us, really just uh, discern when it comes to doctrine, what are the, what is the doctrines of men? What are the doctrines of God? When we can identify the doctrine of God, then we need to get rid of the doctrines of men. And then if no one's willing to do that, then you, again, you know who's who. So that that is mainly what we were uh, what we were going by when it came to uh, um, relying on our own understanding and the form of division. No matter what what what's going to happen when it comes to truth and people want to follow the truth, there's going to be a, a division in um, in some shape or in some shape or form. But the whole point of the, that what we want is to restore the un the, the body that we the unity the, of the faith. Yes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, yeah. even even with the way that the body is currently, even with the way these denominations are, even with the way these divisions have formed, there's a mosaic in it. There is a whole. That's a W-H-O-L-E, not H-O-L-E, <laughs> just to be clear. Um, the, because there are those who are remnant who genuinely know the Lord in all of these disparate sections of the body all these different tribes within the greater nation of priests right after all we are royal priesthood um, but the the, the point we're trying to get to in what we're saying, at least what I'm trying to say, <laughs> if I can get it out of my mouth, <laughs> um, is that the way that things have been, we've been, we've become so tribalized along, well, I'm a Lutheran. Well, how does how does that sound? Is that any different from well? I'm of Apollos. I'm of Cephas. I'm from you know, guys, guys, wake up. That's carnality. That's the flesh talking. Who, who is the Lord? Is it your pastor, or is it Jesus? Is it the founder of your denomination, or is it Jesus? That's the bottom line. Yeah. Jesus won't be asking uh, on uh, on the day that you see him face to face. 
Are you Baptist? Are you from the Assemblies of God? Are you from the Catholic Church? Are you from the Episcopalians? Are you from the Methodists? Are you from the Presbyterian? You know, he'll be saying, you know, it'll all be about did you know him? Not what denomination or not which ecclesia group or anything else. It's all about did you know him? You know, uh, do you know him? And I think that's 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 the key. And it's interesting that when you put uh, all these acts of service that we've been discussing together, it really is uh, displaying a bigger picture of the body of Christ coming together to serve each other for the furtherance of the message of the gospel and to make disciples of everyone. Because Jesus said, let's face it, the, the Great Commission is to go into all the world and make disciples of all nations, to, to turn us into real followers of Jesus, people who are who have integrity, people who who uh, are willing to be humble and serve the Lord and not put their own interests first, but put God's interests first. And I think that's uh, one of the major keys. It's interesting, I remember reading a, a particular Christian book where a particular individual um, had to put on a mantle and there's two types of mantles. There was a mantle that was really shiny and made you, you know, you look at the person, look like the sun was shining out of their face. And then there was another type of mantle where it was very humble and looked kind of raggedy. It looked kind of oldish. Um, it looked very humble. And God wanted us to put the, hum the humility mantle on so that we could operate in God's glory rather than... Uh, looking good deal on the outside. So it, the, the key is humility and operating out of God's love and and being willing to serve other people and putting favouring other people above ourselves. In other words, not being selfish, but being willing to be people of of uh, of service to to the whole body of Christ, which might just be people in our local area or in our local home group or in our local ecclesia. Um, or it might be that the Lord's got <clears throat> other tasks for us. You know, I know that uh, Caleb, you know, is in the in the process of uh, doing a, 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 a prayer uh, under the tent in a, in a community setting, where he's actually able to reach um, the lost as, uh, as well as encourage those that need encouragement. And this is just an example of different things that we can do to. Um, show people the love of Christ and to serve the community or to serve others. Absolutely. I mean, the, the bottom line of the Christian walk, you guys, is emptying ourselves of ourselves. Last I checked. That's what we're called to. We're called to lay ourselves down, pick up our cross daily, and follow him. That's a hard message. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about the kingdom. Not your kingdom. Not my kingdom. His kingdom. And the ultimate end of the of this Christian walk is unity with God and unity with one another. 
that's what happens in heaven. Let's start to bring that here. And that doesn't mean any sort of um, forced uh, imperial nonsense or communist nonsense. Uh-oh. Um, if we're all operating in love, we will bring the kingdom here. That's the bottom line. And when we do, oh, everything shifts. Everything changes. But that's hard, isn't it? Because we, we like to, we like to pump ourselves up, don't we? Yep. Yep, and so and it's so important that with that discerning gift that you rec that you have to recognize it. That's why you need to. Why we need to spend time with our Father. So important, so that we recognize what what it means to when we're puffing ourselves up or we giving glory God the glory. And I and I think you can usually tell, especially if, if something stupid comes out of our mouth. Hopefully, that we'll see it right away. Um, but uh, so that you can hear yourself. Um, but yeah, it, it's so important that we recognize it and then repent of it and then ask the Father to humble us so that he, so that he, his spirit can move through us. Amen. Amen. Well, Malcolm, is there anything else you wanted to add that's scripture related um, before we try to wrap it up? Well, one other aspect that I did want to talk a, a little bit about was that uh, there are, you know, we've been speaking about the gifts of the Spirit, which are mainly which to be used in this life here on earth. But there is also the spiritual element, uh, which uh, is eternal as well. And uh, as an example, in Revelation chapter 2 and chapter 3, there's um, seven churches that uh, Jesus addresses. And most of them, he gives both a commendation, which is positive too, and also a rebuke to. But there is two that he doesn't give a rebuke to, that's Smyrna and Philadelphia. In Smyrna's case, it was because they were basically the persecuted church that, uh, you know, became martyrs. Uh, so just imagine the time frame when, um, you know, people were uh, literally fed to the lions, you know, in, in Roman times. I think that uh, is the Church of Smyrna, and the Church of Philadelphia uh, is is the is the true church that hasn't strayed away from Jesus Christ. That has remained um, uh, uh, absolutely based upon the Word of God. It it does not go against the Word of God, no matter what. Um, no, no, no matter no, no matter what the issue is. So if the issue is not uh, in the in the Bible and in the uh, then then something for it. so as an example, any so-called church or group of believers who say they are pro pro the gay movement or pro uh, transgender, they are not operating 
in the word of God. They've, they've actually basically became become uh, heathens because anyone who's going down that path is forsaking the truth of the message of uh, of the Bible and going after lies and deception. Basically, they, they followed Satan's uh, lies. So the, the point is that we have to be true to the word of God. And the Church of Philadelphia is, the, is a true church slash true ecclesia because it is... Uh, based upon the word of god and does not veer in a way at all it's straight down the line why don't we read these passages so revelation 2 8 through 11 that's the the message to smyrna to the angel of the, of the church of the ecclesia in smyrna right the first and the last who was dead and came to life says these things i know your works and tribulation and poverty and poverty but you are rich. And I know the blasphemy of those who say that they are Jews and are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. Do not fear any of these things which you are about to suffer. Look, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison, that you may be tried, and you will have a tribulation for ten days. But be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. He who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the, to the ecclesia. He who overcomes shall not be hurt by the second death. And then you were talking about Philadelphia. This is Philadelphia. This is in Revelation 3, 7 to 13. To the angel, to the angel of the ecclesia in Philadelphia write, He who is holy, he who is true, he who has the key of David, he who opens and no one shuts, and shuts and no one opens, says these things. I know your works. Look, I have set before you an open door, and no one can shut it. For you have a little strength, and have kept my word, and have not denied my name. Listen, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, who say that they are Jews and are not, but lie. Listen, I will make them come and worship before your feet, and to know that I have loved you, because you have kept my word of patience. I will also keep you from the hour of temptation which shall come upon the entire world to test those who dwell on the earth. Look, I am coming quickly. Hold firmly to what you have so that no one may take your crown. He who ever comes, I will make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go out no more. I will write him on the name of my God, or on him, sorry, write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem which comes down out of heaven from, from my God and my own new name. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says. The Ecclesia. Yeah, and when you go through all seven churches, there's, there is a promise to him who overcomes, to anyone who is an overcomer, which uh, doesn't give in to... Uh, sin. Uh, I mean, we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But to, to him who lives a life of overcoming, and if when they do fall down, they quickly repent, they quickly change from their wicked ways and, and follow Christ. Uh, those seven promises uh, are eternal, but they're also uh, they're exciting, and they also give us hope for the future. So uh, the first one is in Revelation chapter 2, verse 7. It says, He who has an ear, 
Let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. You'll, be, you'll remember in, in the book of Genesis that uh, Adam and Eve uh, had the tree of life in the Garden of Eden. Uh, and uh, later on, after they'd fallen, they'd sinned, that, that uh, uh, there were angels, uh, cherubim angels, that actually had flaming swords stopping them from getting to that tree of life in the future. Because he, if they ate from the tree of life after that, they would never physically die and they'd be in their sin state forever. That's why it was so important that God cut them off from that tree of life. Uh, but when we, after we've uh, passed away in and uh, gone into heaven or been raptured then and we and we go into the presence of god and we'll be able to eat from that tree of life which which will just be an amazing amazing thing um the next the next promise is uh he who has an ear let him hear what the spirit says to the churches he who overcomes shall not be hurt by the second death revelation 2 11. and that makes it basically means that uh, if you have salvation in the Lord Jesus Christ, you won't go to the lake of fire and and, and uh, be in uh, torment forever. So that's, uh, praise God for that. Uh, the number third one is uh, Revelation 2.17. Yeah. To him who overcomes, I'll give some of the hidden manna to eat and I'll give him a white stone and on the, on the stone a new name written, which no one knows except him who receives it. That's a like I think that's a there's a mystery there. There's something exciting that he has that hasn't been revealed, uh, and it's, I don't fully comprehend why only the person who receives the new name uh, would uh, you know would would know it. But but anyway, that's that's what it says. So and there's a white stone, and it's interesting. I've, I heard a teaching on the white stone, which basically means like. Um, an exemption or basically you now have access like someone who won a roman race would get a white stone which means like it's, it's a bit like getting the key to the city you know it's like you know you now have access as like god is saying um you you've overcome now you've got this it's like this uh 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 gift because you were an overcomer so you know you've got like the key key to the city kind of thing uh, the fourth extraordinary promise uh and he who overcomes and keeps my works until the end to him i'll give power over the nations to he shall rule them with a rod of iron they shall be dashed to pieces like the potter's vessels as i also received from my father and i will give him the morning star that's revelation 2 26 to 28. um now there's there's a lot in that yes, uh, jesus christ is Jesus Christ is going, to, is going to be the one who's going to be the ultimate King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He shall rule with the right of mind. But it does talk about in the Gospels that Jesus says, you know, to the faithful ones, he will get them to rule over cities and towns and regions. Um, you know, in America, they, they talk about counties, you know, and in Australia, they call them shires or, or city councils. So, you know, it might be a smaller group groups that the Lord gives us uh, a position of authority in. if we have been faithful in the little you know then he will give us opportunity to be faithful with much in the future I think that's the key point there um, the fifth extraordinary promise is white garments so it says he uh, uh, revelation 3 5 he who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments and I will not blot out his name from the book of life but I'll confess his name before my father and before his angels so uh, white garments speak of the righteousness and holiness of God. 
uh, and that uh, because Jesus' uh, blood washes away all of our sin, we are white as snow and we are clean like him because he has made us clean. He has made us, uh, he has made us uh, um, righteous through his shed blood. And um, he, he will not blot out our name from the book of life. And the book of, if your name is not written in the book of life, then you're not saved. So you need your name written in the book of life and never to be blotted out. And then there's the, and the next one is Revelation 3. Mm -hmm. He who overcomes, I'll make him a pillar in the temple of my God. And you, I know you read this one out. And he shall go out no more. I'll write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God. And I'll write on him my new name, which is, you know, exciting. So, uh, and then uh, the last one, to him, the Revelation 3.21, to him who overcomes, I'll grant to sit with me on my throne as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. I mean, that that, that to me is incomprehensible to think that you... Mm-hmm. Well, that cut out hard. Um, <laughs> but yeah, as, as Malcolm was saying, it's exactly what uh, John and his brothers, it, exactly what John's mom requested for him and his brother, James, to sit at the right hand of God. Let, let one of them sit on your right and the other on your left. Jesus is like, you don't understand what you're asking. Can you hear me? Yep. Sorry, I lost. Yes, yes you, got, yeah, you got caught off there for a second. We don't know what happened. Uh, yeah, just the phone just uh, went, went off. So, uh, yeah, so we will sit down with the Lord Jesus Christ on his throne if we are faithful and we are overcomers. And so... The point that I was trying to get at with all these promises is that there is the eternal aspect as well. That yes, the Lord gives us the gifts of the Spirit for, uh, and the fruit of the and the fruit of the Spirit are there for this present age, for this life while we're here on Earth. But these promises are for our eternity, are for our uh, uh, eternal well-being, for our uh, to live and, and rule with Christ in, in the th thousand years on Earth, and then. After that, uh, and after the Great White Throne Judgment, uh, with with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in all eternity, so uh, we win on both sides. I think that was the key point I want to want to get at. You know, there is incredible promises for the future as well as for the present while we're here on Earth. Yep. So, and on that note, I think it's a good time to wrap this thing up because uh, I mean that's. That's huge, you guys. Like, enormous. Earth-shatteringly huge. Um, Incomprehensible. <laughs> right. That's, that's a better word. That's really a better word for it. We know it's important, but it's it's so important that we can't even comprehend it. Yeah, exactly. And that's and that's the exciting part. That's. That's something that, you know, it, it, we don't have to understand it completely. As long as we're moving toward his path, the narrow path, eventually we will. But every day is an adventure. <laughs>
Every day something new. And that's even with Ecclesia. There's always something new to experience. Mm -hmm. Very true. All right. Well, let's land this plane. <laughs> All right. So thanks for joining us in the Outpouring Ecclesia, everybody. This, it's been uh, a good show as usual. Uh, you can follow us here on Rumble. You can follow Caleb over on YouTube. Find us online. Stop by. Drop us a line. You know, say hi, whatever. However you want to phrase it. That's uh, outpouringacacia.org. Uh, you can listen on any podcast app. You can talk to me on on Telegram at Matthew76. You can talk to either of us on True Social at Outpouring Ecclesia. And you can talk to Caleb on Instagram at Caleb Neal. The music, of course, is Indie Folk Background by Kale Productions. Thanks again for watching, for listening. Thank you, Malcolm, for coming on this week. Uh, it's always good, always a blessing. Yeah, welcome, mate. I really enjoyed it, mate. So thanks for the invitation, and uh, hopefully we'll uh, have many more of these uh, uh, chats uh, in the future. Absolutely. Shalom, shalom, everyone.